You're listening to Fan Holes, a podcast for fans by the fans. Secret Brothers. I have clinical. You guys are like wasting my time right now. Hey, baby. What's <laughs> going on? This is my microphone voice. <laughs> Where do you buy those that? I need one. Yeah, I don't know what the fuck is going on. I didn't invent honorable mentions, mister. <laughs> I have a headset. It looks way cool. You should all be jealous. I, uh, we are. I'm with Mike on that one. I'm a woman! <laughs> it is our show. It's called Fan Holes, not, you know, what you guys want. <laughs> <laughs> We do a podcast? What the fuck? You're listening to Fanos, a pop culture podcast made for the fans, by the fans. We're all gonna die. Welcome unto the breach once more, my friends, my big bots and low-res chipheads, my maximal scum and Viacon automatons. In case you haven't figured out, we're going to be discussing Transformers Beast Machines on this podcast tonight, and we're joined by a very special guest, Paige, or you may know her on the uh, Talk boards as Kurabako. And uh, she's been on the podcast before with us, and she's come back. And just a pre-warning, if you guys are, like, huge, huge fans of Beast Machines, uh, you may not be in for a treat, because I think this is kind of almost a comprehensive someplace cold episode where we're going to be kind of thrashing uh, Beast Machines mostly. Um, the, the topics are kind of on a, a negative bent. Uh, we're going to kind of discuss the worst character in Beast Machines, uh, the worst episode in Beast Machines, and the worst new plot element that is introduced to Beast Machines. And, oh, and then I guess, I guess to, to make it a little light, to make it a little nice, we're going to be discussing something instead of, you know, normally we go someplace cold when we talk about negative stuff. But uh, this week, since we're kind of 75% cold, we're going to go someplace warm and we're going to we're going to say something really nice about the series Beast Machines, something positive that, that we liked about it. So, uh, uh, you know, uh, I guess just uh, we'll we'll all introduce everybody that's here. Uh, Paige, why don't you give us a shout out and then we'll uh, introduce the other two fan holes that are with us tonight. Hey, guys. Good to be here. Very happy to uh, be podcasting with you guys. Cool. So thank you for having me. Yeah, yeah. It's great to have you here. Hey, it's Mike, uh, Thunderwing, and the seeds of the future lie buried in my ass. <laughs> <laughs> this is Justin Grimlock, and I have the hate plague. Nice. As of this moment, we are going on the offensive. And who are we offending today? So, uh, Beast Machines, uh, you know, according to Wikipedia, which is so reliable, is a direct sequel to the fan-favorite Transformer series Beast Wars. Um, this was, uh, uh, you know, an all-CGI series. It featured a lot of the same cast that people might be familiar with from Beast Wars, but 
they were kind of reformatted and retooled and, you know, new character designs. Uh, before the show was in syndication, and then it had moved to the, uh, to the Fox Kids Network. So there was kind of uh, a lot more, I, I'd say, studio interference or, or, I guess, network interference, if you will, uh, with the series. Um, but we'll, we'll just kind of start on, uh, you know, the topics that we talked about or that, you know, I mentioned before and kind of, you know, go down the list of everybody, but kind of ask them, you know, in terms of characters, like, you know, some of these characters you're familiar with and some of them are brand new, but, um, you know, what, what would you guys say is, is one of the worst characters in this series, Beast Machines? So I, I guess I'll, I'll go from uh, right to left this time and I'm going to, I'm going to put Justin on the spot and ask him, uh, you know, what, what did you think was, like, the worst character in Beast? Night Scream? It's Night Scream. <laughs> Anybody who says anything <laughs> different than Night Scream, although I guess Noble Savage is a good second place. But mm. Night Scream. It, it has to be Night Scream. Like, Botanica <laughs> doesn't bother me at all. I think that's an interesting idea, Plant Transformer. Noble Savage, he's just kind of a weird mutant guy that I hate. Now, now is, is this because uh, you don't like his little uh, his little curly like emo? I hate his stupid pompadour yeah. faux but, haircut. But but Justin, he has Namor feet wings. <laughs> he does have Namor feet wings. But... Not even that can save him and put him in my good graces. It's just you know I, I was waiting for them to introduce a new character and to sell me another toy, I guess. But uh, yeah, they just kind of made the most annoying character with the stupidest look and threw him in there. And there's nothing at all redeeming about Night Scream at all. I'm just kind nothing. of curious because I just want to, I just want to say for me, like, uh, for the notes I wrote down, Night Scream was the first name I wrote down when it came to that, that topic. So I'm just kind of curious, did anybody else have any other characters besides Night Scream or are we just going to rag on Night Scream right now? Um, I, I personally just really did not like Botanica. Like, Night Cream, I was like, wow, he's really annoying and horrible and, um, couldn't get past that fucking hair. But, um, (laughs) but, but like, Botanica just, I don't know. I don't know if it was her stupid accent. I don't know if it was just, like, her accent's out of nowhere. She's a fucking plant. It just, bleh. I just was bleh. (laughs) And and then, and I'm sure, I'm sure we'll get into this later, but the, um, the relationship between uh, Botanica and Rat Trap really, really got on my nerves. Just I, really I found bad. it. I found it creepy because I didn't know <laughs> if it was bestiality. I didn't know if it was like like she was. He was loving a plant. I don't even know what you call that. Chloroformophilia. Like, yeah, I don't. I don't know what that is. So yeah, I, w- I was always kind of like, wait, she she's at least anthropomorphic looking, you know, like sort of, like she looks like a person, but then I'm like, a person's kissing a rat. <laughs> I yeah. know code, right? Whoa. Yeah. yeah, I just kind of, yeah, I was always <laughs> baffled by that. Like, I'm all, dude, you couldn't transform for that? Like, what's up with that rat trap? You couldn't, you couldn't be yeah, like, could... I am transformed to kiss a plant, like, or la, la, la. Well, what, what, um, what uh, also... Uh, oh, oh uh, while, while we're on the um, subject of Night Scream, um, I, re- I read somewhere, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I read somewhere that he was originally supposed to be a, a female, uh, but that somewhere um, along the line they were like, nah, just make him kind of like a, a young male 
character. I don't I don't know if that's true or not. Do you think that would have affected um, your opinions on Night Scream had, had this character been a female? I I, I think he's kind of like um, how do I put it? He's kind of like a, a honey pit for like the young stupid inept character because it's like mm-hmm. I, i'd say like one of my w- one of the things i think more positively on is like cheetor and kind of how he sort of grows up and everything and i, I just kind of feel like like night scream was created so there was some other dumb young kid so whether it was a you know whether it was female or male i don't i don't i don't think that was the important part of it for me mm-hmm. the, the the part that like where you kind of grown about is he's like a noob and he's kind of green and it's like because we all started watching beast wars and mm-hmm. cheetor was green but we were kind of green with him whereas mm-hmm. you know if you've been watching the show for a long time it's kind of like when you've been you know if you're in the army or you're at a certain job or whatever you know and it's like when you're green it's one thing but then it's kind of funny when you've been there for a long time you've been mm-hmm. there for four years and you're kind of like oh look at the noob you know look at the they, they used to call you know in the army they usually call them nfgs like oh it's the new fucking guy you know, like, like, and that's what Night Scream is, and it's just kind of like, and sometimes that could be a good thing in terms of the story, but I think in in this case it was more of a tool. Like he 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 was a tool, and he's literally a tool. You know, like, that's you know, that. of storytelling, and and then because I think he's lame, he's a tool. Why did I get to live? Why beats me, kid. But I'll be happy to put you out of your misery. You know, mm. but <laughs> I'd never heard that rumor before that he was supposed to be a female character like the big fan theory was that you know when they do the big flashback where they show like him falling down the big hole is that since his bot mode looked kind of similar to Soundwave that he was supposed to be Soundwave but I, I never bought that theory I thought that was kind of stupid yeah no um, I did I, I did read that he was supposed to be female initially but I think I re- also read like he was they wanted him to be more of a sort of John Connor type character which doesn't come across at all but yeah <laughs> well well what Eddie Furlong like his little yeah I guess so haircut? yeah like maybe maybe yeah. that's what they were going for now like now yeah. now it all makes sense to me Michael <laughs> <laughs> I guess, yeah, I guess then that does make sense, but, no, I guess, like, in terms of, like, he's a survivor or of some Holocaust yeah, yeah. something, I, I don't I know. I thought it was but... more in terms of they both have squeaky voices, you know? <laughs> no! You know, like, that kind of, no, I don't know. He he did seem to have, like, that kind of all-purpose power, you know, where it's, like, his, his scream and his little weird tongue drainer or whatever that is. You can take a lick at you know, kind of seemed to, to to be a you know do sex machina to take out bad guys rather easily. He had he had his like Gohan moment like in season two when like you know they did the when Savage was mercifully put out of its misery. <laughs> he did it like that super sonic scream that like uh, yeah, what do you call it? takes out Megatron or whatever. Yeah. But yeah, yeah even that, by that point. Yeah, definitely. By that point, I was like, uh, no. <laughs> like, no. <laughs> but I, I was actually going to say, like, I, I was going to say Rat Trap. Like, I, I know. Oh, I don't okay. Know if, I, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Like, yeah, I don't know if we were going to count, like, you know, returning characters, but I absolutely hated what happened to Rat Trap. Like, yeah. not, like, not only, like, did they miscast him as, like, 
uh, like the tech guy, like eventually. It seemed like he took over like Rhinox's place as like, oh, he's got to hack all the computers and he's going to make all the gadgets now. And I'm like, no, Rat Trap's like an improviser, but he doesn't like do stuff like, you know, I, I don't know. It, well, he, it just seemed like. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. He, he, was the oh, de- he was the demolitions expert, wasn't he? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So, so and, in, in that respect, I can totally understand. But yeah, I, I agree that you know he doesn't fucking invent shit. I mean, he. I mean, did did he ever in Beast Wars? I don't. I don't recall that ever happening. I don't think. Like I said, he like seemed to be more of a guy who would like improvise right. with like stuff he had, but not like you know create stuff on his own. Mm-hmm. It's weird. It's and, like they they turned him into R two fucking D two with the. Yeah, his that, tail, that's, you know, it's like, oh, my tail can interface with shit, so now I'm I'm the tech dude. And it's like, he didn't even really invent anything in, in Beast Machines either. He just stuck his tail into anything, including plants, and then, you know, like, changed, <laughs> changed shit up, it seemed like. Or, or like, mm-hmm. hacked into people's heads to, you know, basically have backstory explained to you. Like, how, how did things get this fucked up, you know? Let, let me tap yeah. into Tankor's brain and find out, you know? And also, like... Also in Beast Wars, like, he was, like, sort of a grumpy veteran, almost, and, like, you know, he was whiny and irritating, but the the main key point that Beast Machines lacks is that in Beast Wars, Rattrap was also funny, you know, mm-hmm. and that kind of offset all his complaining and everything, but in Beast Machines, all he does is whine and complain about either, you know, how things suck, or, you know, he has, to, he has a stupid, you know, wheelchair mode or whatever, but... You know, that just kind of, yeah, drained any kind of, like, likability. Just, just to play, like, devil's advocate to try and offer, like, an alternative point, since we're kind of being heavy on the negative. Um, like, what what would you think? I mean, you, you brought up the idea of a wheelchair mode or whatever, but, like, in some sense, like, Rat Trap, rat, you know, is kind of, like, he, he doesn't learn how to transform right away. Like, like if you if you thought of it like you were a real person, you know, and what's something you take for granted that you do every day? You know, you you see, you hear, you smell, you know, you walk, you know, all these things that you kind of take for granted. Like, what if somebody took that away from you? And then, you know, it's like, oh, I'm sitting here going, hey, me and Justin can walk, Mike, but uh, I guess you're you're not you're not zen enough to fucking walk now. Like, you didn't learn how to walk, right? I mean, wouldn't that kind of like make you a little less gr- you know, a little grumpy and a little kind of you know, like fuck this shit, like type thing, or 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 is that is that not good enough uh, explanation for for how his his attitude drastically changed? I mean that that does um, put a new light on it. I I actually never thought about that, but what um, but I I just don't know if that's enough to completely change his entire personality. I I don't think if Rat Trap lost um the ability to have just regular legs. I don't think that <laughs> saying that just makes me laugh. Um, I, I don't, <laughs> I don't think that he would have became, it would have become just a humorless, whiny little twat. I just don't think that's enough reason. Does that no, make no, sense? I, I think that's fair. I'm just kind of, I'm just kind of offering it sort of like as no, a, yeah, totally. a devil's advocate position, kind of, you know, trying to think of it a little, outside of the box, you know, instead of just getting kind of solidified into it. Because no, I know, I, like, like the one of the bigger criticisms is kind of how Rat Trap acted, you know, uh, I, I guess, what, midway through the first season, you know, where he kind of makes that pact with Megatron. And I know that was very unpopular. That's bullshit. Yeah, yeah. I know that better, was like a big... Better dead than Pred, right? Right, right. <laughs> yeah, so, definitely. But so, so you're sitting there where he's kind of, you know, oh, well, I... I 
you know, it's weird because he couldn't transform up to a certain point, and then he finally learns how to transform, but he's like, oh, I've been sold a lemon. Like, not, it's like, oh, I finally learned how to walk, but, you know, uh, you know, I, I don't have, uh, you know, my big toes, so I'm falling on my nose all the time or something. I don't know what, what you'd exactly compare that to in a human being, but, you know, it, he just kind of felt like he was, he was, you know, kind of got the, got the, he was gypped out of his, uh, you know, a, a decent robot mode or whatever. Yeah. So he, he runs to Megatron to get like some kind of, you know, mech and tech and all that kind of stuff. But I mean, is that something like, since you, you dislike how Ratchet was handled, is that one of like your least favorite episodes, Mike, or that, that was when we talk about least favorite episode, I'll get more into it, but that was definitely my least favorite episode of beast machines. Okay. But uh, I'll get more into it when we go to, like, worst episode. But I just wanted to say, like, that is a really good rationalization for it, Derek. And, like, that's that's probably how you have to rationalize it to, like, make any sense of the characterization. But, like, the the fact remains that it's still, like, you know, it drains, like, any sort of, like, fun out of the character, pretty much. And I feel like they did that kind of with, like, Silverbolt, too, in Season 2, where, you know, he has to come back, and he's all grumpy and broody, and he's not fun anymore, and, like, you don't... You basically don't want to hear about their problems anymore, because they're just like, "Eh, everything's terrible. Until the threat of Megatron is quelled, love is a luxury I cannot afford. really say quelled well it's weird because because they kind of tried to sell the show as as this kind of spiritual journey for for optimus primal and i think in order to do that like it's kind of like just just the the same way you elevate cheetor to the role of a leader by having this dumb kid green noob you know nfg transformer night scream there who looks like kind of a goober you know, and that sort of elevates, you know, Cheetor from kid status to at least, you know, some kind of respectable, oh, he, he could possibly be in charge level. It's like the, the, the darkness of the show, you know, like everything that, you know, whatever was facing Rat Trap, you know, the kind of comparisons to being, you know, either, uh, you know, detrimentally handicapped when, when you weren't originally. You know, it's a difference between, you know, somebody being born blind and then somebody losing their sight because of a horrible accident. It's like all these characters are faced with a quote-unquote horrible accident. You know, their entire society basically is gone you know, and they're they're basically hunted and on the run, and so you, you've got all these characters that are kind of you know constantly feeling the pangs of you know we're we're being hunted, we're being you know tortured, and and you know of course all that stuff is like a you know what do you, what do you want to call it like a downer you know like yeah so it, it's kind of like one of those things where it's like and and I think what Paige said was interesting too because you, you'd hope that you know people would maybe rise above that. You know, and I guess I guess all that rising above maybe got downplayed into Optimus more than any of the other characters because the other characters yeah. seem to fall back into oh my you know rat traps like you know my body sucks and you know kind of they they kind of seem to take some easier paths that you maybe wouldn't think they would do because I, I thought Rat Trap even though he was uh you know kind of like uh, he had an attitude in Beast Wars like I I didn't think he was I thought he was still a stand up guy. You know, yeah. whereas like some of the things he does and says 
you know, in, in beast machines kind of lead you to believe like, it's like they get to this really, really dark place and you go, Oh, well shit, maybe he wasn't as stand up as I thought, you know, at least in that context. Yeah. You know, along those lines, you know, what really pissed me off is at the end of season one where, uh, like there's an episode where like, you know, after Rhinox has been revealed as tank or and stuff. And, uh, like he sends like a tank drone, like, and talks through it to like test out the key to vector Sigma. And like, then like it overloads and the tank drone like dies and like the Maximals think Rhinox has died. And like, they hold like a sort of funeral service for him. And, Rat Trap is cracking jokes at the funeral service, and he never ever really mentions that. If you like, you know, if you've watched Beast Wars, Rhinox was Rat Trap's best friend, mm-hmm. and that like never comes up in Beast Machines at all. So that that really kind of like annoyed me. Yeah, can we can we talk if, as long as we're talking character shoes? Can we talk about the Rhinox Tanker thing because that's like a big sticking point with me that kind of yeah me off. yeah let's talk about okay. It. So like to use a Star Trek analogy. Um, Rhinox would be like Scotty like he's always the one like having to keep things running but together he has to deal with Cheetor he's a noob he has to deal with um, Rat Trap and Dinobot who are like you know Spock and McCoy they're always arguing mm-hmm. and uh, you know like Mike said Rat Trap is his best friend and you know he's always there for all the characters and he puts himself at risk to bring Primal back after Primal gets blowed up like he you know puts his consciousness at risk just to bring his leader back so you know Rhinox is a really stand-up guy like I always liked him and then he goes from that to being Tankor like he's all of a sudden it's like oh you know it's like that 90s comic book character syndrome it's like oh you like Danny Ketch well he's back and he's evil it's like for <laughs> really no good reason Rhinox is back and he's evil and I just hated it I never bought any of his motivations for being evil at all and it's just one of those sticking points it's like i liked rat trap and what they did to him really irritated me but what they did to rhinox by making him evil just it's one of those many many reasons that i put on my list is like this is why i hate these machines i'll uh i'll take derek's like devil's advocate position for this one because i'll just say that like I would have preferred Rhinox to have been redeemed and, like, maybe join the team or whatever, but mm-hmm. I will say that I just always took it as, like, the Tankor thing was sort of like a, like, reprogramming or a, like, shell program thing on Rhinox and, like, like his, like, Megatron's programming mixed with his own programming, so, like, he wasn't, like, really acting, like, of his own will, almost, or, like, he was slightly reprogrammed, I guess, and that's why he did what he did, and, I mean, it's, and also, you know, in Beast Wars, there is that one episode where Rhinox is, like, temporarily reprogrammed into a Predacon, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, like, you could see there that he, he, like, if he were a bad guy, he'd be a really dangerous one. So I, I was like, okay, there's kind of, like, precedent for that. So I, I, I was okay with that insofar as, like, it, it made sense to me, but I didn't like that they just kind of made him a bad guy and never gave him a chance to, like, redeem himself, basically. He just died at the end of season one. I think that goes back to the whole, like, spir- spirituality theme, because one of the things that I think Cheetor says when he first kind of realizes that Tankor is Rhinox and that, you know, he's kind of, you know, as you're saying, Justin, he's kind of evil, you know, like he's this 90s comic character, you know, now he's back and he's evil all of a sudden. You know, to him, he's kind of like, 
Cheetor almost has that blind faith of, well, that's not Rhinox. You know, he literally says that. He's like, that, that, that must be, you know, he must be, his spark is corrupted, I think is basically what they say. And I mean, I think he, you know, I don't think that's just figurative or whatever. I think he literally believes that, you know, and I think in terms of what Mike's talking about, in terms of, you know, devil's advocate and stuff, I mean, you know, if that's how you want to rationalize it, I, I think it's weird because the, the way I see it is this whole entire series is kind of like a battle between the network and the studio. Because if you listen to all the the interviews and everything, you, you see an interview from Marv Wolfman, who wrote the character Bible on it. And, you know, he's famous for having, you know, written lots of DC comics and Teen Titans and all this kind of yeah. stuff. But when, when he explains how the series, the genesis of the series, he says, you know, oh, well, you know, the studio, Mainframe, wanted me to come in. I think it was like head by... Dan DiDio at the time, which is kind of interesting now in retrospect because he <laughs> runs DC, right? And basically they're like, oh, well, we really want this show to be heavy on continuity, and we want to start from the beginning. But the beginning, quote-unquote, is what exactly? You know, like, because it's like, well, when you see the first episode, it's like they start from, quote-unquote, the beginning with the beginning animal modes. But then, you know, when you get into some of the story, they started bringing in a lot of G1 lore. Like, you know, you're joking about the Hate Plague or the Key to Vector Sigma or the Plasma Energy Chamber. And that's kind of starting at the beginning, too. You know, and so you have all these elements that are heavy on continuity. But then when you got the network involved and they decided, oh, this is a great idea. Let's pitch it to Fox. Let's have it on a network. The network brought in, you know, Bob Skur and Mar Marty Eisenberg, and they're basically like, the network wants a fresh start. But meanwhile, the studio wants the show that's heavy on continuity. So, I mean, you could see how the two things clashed, and it's almost like, uh, have you ever seen the movie AI, where it's like Steven Spielberg directed a, a Stanley Kubrick yeah. movie? I mean, those two directors' ideologies do not mesh. I mean, most times Spielberg is this you know, in most cases, you know, you know, things like Schindler's List accepted, you know, it's, it's this idealistic, you know, E.T., Indiana Jones, you know, this kind of, you know, grandiose for family, for kids, you know, it's a, a good feeling, you know, an upbringing feeling where, you know, you deal with, with, you know, problems, but they are sort of ceremoniously resolved and you have this kind of good little gooey, feeling in your heart or, you know, in the bottom of your stomach or whatever you want to call it. And with Kubrick, it's it's more very brutal kind of, you know, straight-laced kind of, you know, they, they, he deals with stuff like the atom bomb and, you know, Clockwork Orange and, you know, just, uh, you know, Lolita, all these kind of heavy tone topics almost into, you know, things like, you know, you, you could say like there's weird deviant behavior and eyes wide shut and all this kind of crazy stuff, and, and, and when they merged those two together in that movie, it's like, it just didn't go well together at all. And I kind of feel like the same thing with Beast Machines, where, you know, you had the network saying, we want a fresh start, we want Viacons, and we want, you know, the spirituality crap, and transcending, and being all zen, and I am transformed, and we don't want any guns, because we're on Fox, and, you know, that kind of thing. And then meanwhile, the studio, and Marv Wolfen wrote this Bible that was heavily, you know, featured on, on kind of continuity and, and all those old story elements. So whenever those old story elements creep into it and you go, oh, yeah, you know, Rat Trap and Rhinox were, were best friends, 
then your head starts to hurt because it it clashes with the fresh start, which seems to be what was you know supported the most. That was the style that was supported over you know maybe what what your opinion of the the character should be. Agreed. <laughs> but yeah, that's just kind of my. You know, I, I wrote notes about it, so I'm just blithering away. But, you know, I mean, does anybody else have anything else to say about, like, Tankor or worst characters or anything like that? Does anybody want to add anything? Or, I mean, I could honestly go off on, like, any of the cast almost. Yeah. But, like, well, then, you know, I, like, I, like I, we don't have to be confined to the constraints of, of how we set up the show. I mean, if you want to talk about something, like Justin wanted to bring up Tankor and how that really bugged him, I mean... You should feel free to go at it, but I'll, I'll try to intercede. I mean, obviously, you know, the worst episode for you might have been, you know, the the episode with uh, what, what what title was that? The episode with uh, Rat Trap, where he kind of <laughs> quite quite aptly titled the weak component. Right, right. So, I mean, do you want do you want to talk about the weak component? <laughs> a bit, yeah. Uh, does anyone else want to say anything about characters, or do you want to move on to episodes? Or um, we- I oh oh no, you go ahead, just you go ahead. Well, I could probably rant about Megatron's changing character, but that's kind of like compared to Rat Trap and Rhinox, that's kind of a minor gripe, I guess. But Paige, anything? Or? Oh, um, I uh, I I was very angry uh, with Black Arachnia's transformation. I did not like how she um, she was just like a baller, badass bitch. She didn't give a fuck about any anything except, you know, herself and maybe Silverbolt um, in Beast Wars. And then, and then I don't know, she just turned into a simpering puss when she's like, where's Silverbolt? I don't know where he is. Ugh. What about Silverbolt? And, and someone will, like, mention something else, and she'll, and she'll relate it to Silverbolt. Like, literally, a- almost everything that came out of Black Rachnia's mouth had something to do with Silverbolt, and it reminds me of... Um, of, like, a teenage girl and a new boyfriend is just like, shut the fuck up. I'm so tired. I'm so <laughs> I could it's, die. Well, it's, I, guess, I guess it's kind of like, like when you have, like, like these, like, like a sort of, like, bad girl character. It's like when you make, like, you ha- like sort of like Catwoman or something where they're, like, sort of, like, skirting the line. And then when they go too far, like, in the good direction, it's like you took out, like, like you removed their bite pretty much. Yeah. Yeah, and she just she just wasn't fun anymore. Like, I I actually thought it was kind of sweet that she's like just such a badass, but she has like the soft spot for for Silverbolt. I thought that was really great, and it's understandable that yes, one of her primary motivations would be, oh shit, I need to find you know the love of my life. That makes a lot of sense, but just nothing out of her mouth. Not no no helpful ideas. Nothing but bitching about Silverbolt. And then if 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 someone didn't want to talk about Silverbolt or something, she'd be like, nah. You know, it just it just wasn't her anymore, and I, I was very devastated by that. Because I, I thought she was a really needy character, literally and, and figuratively. You know, I just, eh. Boy. I like, I, I think it's like at the beginning of season two or so, but, like, she has, like, a confrontation with, like, Jetstorm or something, and she's like, you know, she's like, you know, I'm sick of this. If you don't want to be Silverbolt anymore, then I won't, like, stop you, and it's not worth fighting over. And I was kind of like, oh, thank God, finally. And then two <laughs> episodes later, she's trying to turn him back into Silverbolt again. Yeah, yeah. 
they, they seem to do that a lot with the show, where it's like, you know, how many times does Optimus Prime and Megatron have a final fatal battle? I mean, we've seen <laughs> it like two or three times in, in Beast Wars, and then they do it like two more times in, in this show. And it's like, to me, it feels like that Bible that Marv Wolfman wrote, like, lasted for like the first 13 episodes of like the first season. And then I swear to God, man, after episode 14, I fucking can't stand... Like, it's like, I, I want to be kind of positive about the show a little bit and say some good things about it. But I mean, after that point, like, it's like they were just were spinning their wheels. Like, they didn't know what the fuck to write anymore. You know, they were just making shit up, you know. But that's kind of how I took it. I also think it's interesting uh, in, in Beast Machines how um, the characters' motivations would change. Like, like, their primary motivations would change almost episode to episode like like and and their personalities would just kind of go with whatever was going on in that episode like 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 uh like i think justin or or michael you were saying uh how black rat black rackney was like Jetstorm, if you don't want to be silverbolt meh and then again two episodes later she's all like ooh, silverbolt ooh. you know it just it's <laughs> not it, there there see there's no continuity there's just no yeah yeah, ah, not- well, it's it's weird because it it like I said it it services it services the theme rather than the characters. You know, yeah. it, it, like it, it services you know like Optimus's spirituality arc is highly serviced. Of course, the seeds of the future lie buried in the past. Why do you keep saying that? Or Cheetor's arc from from you know noob to leader is highly serviced but then meanwhile you know it's like meanwhile in this overwhelming you know kind of depressing setting you know black arachnia her character is not serviced the the theme is she wants to save silverbolt she wants to you know uh you know i guess what like like you were talking about mike with rhinox you know she wants to redeem him you know, but it's like it's kind of interesting because that's to a lot of people that kind of takes the the guts out of Black Arachnia, you know, because it's like, oh, like you were saying, she's so focused on her her man instead of, I guess, herself and, and what she can do, you know, that that it kind of becomes, you know, it just becomes focused on the theme rather than than the actual character. And I think that's such a tragedy because Beast Wars, one one of the reasons I love it so much, it's very it's a very character based show and i i really i really dug that about that show and beast machines is is absolutely as you say theme oriented and i think that's where that that's why it doesn't have a lot of heart in my opinion what do you like for you like what would be an episode you'd point to and go i absolutely hate that fucking episode it's like the worst one. Oh god you know um it might be um it might have to be Endgame part two it's either that or a wolf in the fold. Um, I just I, I I think is it is it a wolf in the fold uh, where they discover Noble or is that? Uh, no. I think I think Savage Noble was the one where they first find. Oh, of course, yeah. Um, that I just I just didn't like the fact I just didn't like I didn't like Noble. But I I think the the second to last episode of season two. Uh, Endgame Part Two really bothered me, and and again, again, um, <laughs> a huge reason why I don't like the show is the way they treated Rat Trap and and, and the Rat Trap Botanica relationship. Um, Rat Trap brought down, uh, what did he brought down? Uh, Megatron's head, 
Is is that 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 is the episode where he brings down his head? Oh right? yeah, like where he crashes. I think so. Yeah, yeah he crashes yeah, that like, goober-looking like head. And he he has the choice to either a save every spark in, in Cybertron, every living spark in Cybertron, or make sure his little girlfriend, you know, doesn't you know choke, you know, and and ah, <laughs> I don't know, I don't know, I I understand the dilemma. But I, I I don't know if Rat Trap would have let that happen. I I think I think Beast Wars Rat Trap would have found a way to save both. I I don't know. I don't know. I think that's that that might just be wishful thinking from me. I don't think that. I I, I don't know. What do you What do you guys think? Am I just? No, I mean I I can appreciate the dilemma that you guys have with Rat Trap because you don't you don't see him as as carrying out a lot of these decisions because it's like it's like that awful feeling when when you know somebody's pressed you know it's kind of like they always say you don't really know what you're made of until you're at your most desperate and i think in in the case of rat trap at least here in beast machines they put him in situations where he's at his most desperate and he zags the other way do you know what i mean and it it just i don't know I, i think that's why it leaves a bad taste in a lot of people's mouths because you you know, I mean, it's entertainment and stuff, but it's not very uh, uplifting to see somebody who you've liked in the past, somebody who, say, had a, a good relationship with Dinobot or Rhinox or whoever in this previous show or whatever. And even if, if you take it as a fresh start, like even if even if you go with the whole network thing, that it's a fresh start and you're trying to ignore stuff, even though they throw in little bits of continuity every five minutes to remind you, like, this is from Beast Wars you you still have that vibe of well this guy made like you're saying he made this wrong call like to you or or at least you know in an ideal world you know in entertainment land you'd want a situation where he he saved his girlfriend and saved all the sparks or whatever but because it's serving the the plot you know it's like oh well megatron's got to you know get in his uh uh cost budget optimus optimus suit <laughs> and fucking steal all the sparks and stuff and it's just you know one of those things where you're like you couldn't you know that that was something for me. I know I know Justin wanted to talk a little bit about Megatron, but like for me, it's like Megatron was never physical in the show at all. And I think that kind of worked in the first season. Like I appreciate the theme of of technological versus nature and and how they were trying to say that both ends of it were were extreme, you know, it was like, you know, and that was the big problem that, that both people couldn't see the other person's point of views. And if you had a blending of views, maybe you'd actually get something done. Like I can appreciate that as a, as a story theme, but for Megatron to like not have a physical body, like for the whole fucking second season, you know, he's, he's in Noble's body and then he's a fucking spark and then he's a little fucking head and then he's the big fucking head. And then, you know, and then he, and then he finally, he's like, oh, I'm going to make a buddy, but I don't have time to make a, a new one. And I'm like, oh, okay, so what's he going to turn into? And then he's like, he's Optimal Optimus. I'm like, weren't you just crying about how you were so happy to be relieved of a beast mode? So then the first body you get has a fucking monkey in it? Like, I don't... Well, 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 actually, Derek, Derek, he does say that 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 body no longer has a beast mode. Yeah, but when when he turns into the plane, I can still see the monkey feet on the end of it. So (laughs) I don't don't buy the science of that. I don't remember that. Yeah. But, uh... Yeah. You don't buy the science of monkey feet. Yeah, yeah. It's like, how can you... Well, you know, but that's just me. Like, I just kind of... I just wish... It's like, you know, sometimes those things, you know, it's interesting, but not... 
I don't know. It, it, it's kind of you kind of feel weird about well, it. It makes it makes even less sense when you think about like optimal Optimus's like beast mode and realize it's not it's got no organic parts in it. It's a totally like mechanical yeah. monkey. Right, so, right. I never really kind of like going back to like trying to understand you know the Rhinox Tankor motivation. Like I never understood Megatron's motivation. Like it's all of a sudden he's just like a self-hating. Transformer, he's like, I hate my beast mode. It's organic. It's impure. I'm like, you, you got this dragon mode from the original Megatron. This is the power up, and this isn't good enough for you. Like, I, like, what do you want? Like, why all of a sudden is that like not good enough for you? And then it's like he's basically ruling over an empty Cybertron. I mean, he has just Vehicon drones, and he's got all the sparks captured. I mean, like, what's the point? I mean. What's what's your end game here exactly? You know. Um, I mean, like, I think if like if I were evil Megatron and I had conquered Cybertron, like I would want people to know, like I would want people to be impressed that I conquered them, and like I'm in charge now. Whether I'm a giant stupid head or or what, you know, I'd be like, hey, look, you know, I may be a giant stupid head, but you know, I'm up here and you're down there, and you can't do anything about it. But nope, he's just like got all the sparks, like you know, like they're just like lightning bugs in the jar. I completely agree. Uh, Mega, uh, again, Beast Wars Megatron would want to gloat. He would want people to rule rather than just be like, well, I've got them all in a jar. My job's done. Do, 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 do. You know, I just thought, that, yeah, I, I completely, <laughs> completely agree, Justin. So, Justin, what, what what would you point to as, like, one of your worst episodes for, for Beast Machines? I'll probably, I'm going to back Mike up with... Um... Uh, what was it? I already forgot. The weakest, the weak, the weak component. Weak component. Yeah, like I, I hate that episode. I also hate just any episode where Noble Savage is like the A story. Again, yeah. Bri- just, Brian, Brian asked us to put some special hate on Noble Savage or something. Yeah, my my worst episode is definitely Savage Noble. Like, I think to me that's where the series really dovetails for me. Like, uh, you know, I always say like when I was watching episode two and Obi Wan Kenobi was fighting with Jango Fett in the rain, and I knew like that was the very moment where like Star Wars died. Like to me, like Savage Noble, that's the very episode where. We're, we're beast machines, and in some sense, beast wars, you know, it started to die, because I'm like, what did you do? Like, what have you done? Like, you know, kind of thing to me. And it has all those awful, like, tropes of, uh, you know, it's like it's like a non-mystery mystery. Yeah. Like, it's I like know you're David like... fucking K, asshole. I know you're <laughs> yeah. Megatron. Like, it's, it's like not, obvious it's not, that anyone, you know, anyone except the people in the show, that what the mystery is. But geez, what, it's like, what, what, what's with this wolf that has the same colors as the fucking uh, giant Gila monster, you know, that's breathing fire <laughs> at us, you know? like, <laughs> And we, we only ever see one of them at the same time. Yeah. Like, we never see them together, I mean. It's like, gee, uh, so, uh, Clark Savage is never in the same room as Superman. Like, what's up <laughs> with that, you know? Like, it's kind of like, I don't know, yeah, it's, it's it's kind of cheese ball and stuff like that. Like, I never really, you know, it, yeah, I, you know, it's like, you know, he's, Noble's, like, smiling at the end, and you know it's Megatron and all that stuff, yeah. It's just kind of goofy. But, uh, so, so Mike, you're still on the the weak component, right? Like, you, you can't yeah, stand the weak component. I, 
And it's funny because, like, a lot of people, like, we always laugh, like, on Bot Talk when someone says, like, oh, the weak component is, like, the best episode of Beast Machines. And, <laughs> like, I, I can see why someone would say that because I will say that it was well acted. Like, uh, Scott McNeil and, like, David Kay and, you know, Gary Chalk, they all, like, sold, like, their performances and everything. You never believed in me. Ever. I believed in you. What do you mean by firing at your friends? He's right. Optimus is the one you want. He's the one who lied to you, who kept making promises he never intended to keep. He made you weak, defenseless. Look inside yourself, Rattrap. You don't need his weapons. You're stronger than you know. Stronger than any of you know. And like, you know, it was very like, like, you know, when Rattrap at the end, when his like, you know, and Megatron have their like little like, uh, like, you know, end exchange or whatever. That was, like, that was good acting and stuff. But beyond all that, like, the plot, the writing, and the characterization is, like, all wrong, basically. Well, I, I mean, I think it goes back to what I'm saying. Like, the theme is that, that Rattrap wants to betray, you know, he wants to have something for himself. You know, Rattrap's acting in his own self-interest. And, and, and the reason why that happens and to service that plot, it's like all the other Maximals turn into assholes all of a sudden. Yeah. Like, just <laughs> was, to service that. It's like, it's kind of reminds me of, like, uh, w- one of the comics I absolutely hate is, like, the prelude to, like, Infinite Crisis, where Ted Cord gets shot in the head by uh, Maxwell Lord. And you don't need to know a bunch about comics. All you need to know is that this one superhero goes around, asks Superman, Batman, all these really important guys, hey, something's really important is going down, I really need your help. And they all go, oh, I'm too fucking busy, I'm too this, I'm too that, I gotta, like, eat some ice cream, I gotta go get pizza with Lois Lane, like, whatever the reason is, there's some dumb excuse, and by the end of it, because of all that, he gets shot in the fucking head. And I feel like the same thing with, like, the Maximals, where, like, Rat Trap, if you just took, like, five seconds to be like, hey, buddy, let's work on I Am Transformed together, and we'll, we'll get it. Like, we'll totally get it. Like, we'll work it out. Yeah. Like, I know you're having trouble. Like, I know it's not easy. Let's 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 practice together. Let's do a yoga session, and we'll be transformed together. Like, they could have just done that, right? But no, they all like, what are you making a big deal about, ass fuck? Like, go away. You're, you're a weak link. Like, you're slowing us down, and our life sucks. Like, go away, stupid rat. And then you're just kind of like, well, no wonder he wants to you know, go, go, go run to Megatron. I mean, it's like, you know, they just all seem like a bunch of jerks in that episode, you know, just to service the idea, to facilitate the idea that he would even consider, you know, going to Megatron. So, uh, even like, and you've got like Night Scream who just showed up the previous episode judging him. And then you've got Black Arachnia who was a Predacon for most of her life judging, you know, Rat Trap. And then you've got Cheetor saying, oh, we're going to have to cover for Rat Trap. Well, guess what, Cheetor? Rat Trap was covering for your ass for three oh, C yeah. seasons. You know, and like none of but none of that is like brought into light. And, you know, and also like I can like even beyond the terrible characterization, I can I like I can almost like understand the terrible characterization. But Rattrap's stupidity, it, like his his 
Like, he makes a deal with Megatron, and what does he get in return? Like, a, a stupid, like, battle tech suit or something? And, like, what happens when that breaks or, like, loses power? You know, like, what What exactly were you... What, what's the longevity of this thing? I mean, you know, and, like, how was he going to explain this to, like, you know, the other Maximals and stuff? Like, I just went and found this, like, in, like, one of those mass graveyards or something. Can I keep it? You know? <laughs> I mean, like, I don't, I don't understand, like, he didn't, it didn't seem like he thought this through. Yeah, I, I agree. Oh, that is such a, I'm sorry, when, I'm sorry, when we talk about Beast Machine, Beast Machines, I just get sad, so I'm just sitting here, <laughs> I've got, like, I've got, like, my chin on my hand, and I, I'm having to, like, keep myself from audibly sighing into the mic, I'm really, I'm really sad, you guys. <laughs> um, while, while we're talking about that, I uh, I just rem- I just remembered because I think I tried to block it out of my mind because it, it made me so angry and drew so much rage from within me. Megatron just lets Rat Trap go to live another day. Do you, do you remember that when when Red Rat Trap? Oh, oh yeah, at the very like, end. It's okay, yeah. he played a fair hand. Yeah, it's like, it's like no, no, no. You know, I I can't I. Will someone um, intelligently um, speak about that? Because I, I can't. I feel like I'm going to scream. Will someone speak on that? I, I don't know what to say about that other than... than it, you know what it reminds... It reminds me of like other comic characters that might be honorable. But I, I don't see you know Megatron in the bath with his rubber ducky doing that. But <laughs> I, I just... I don't... It, it, it reminds me of like something that like a Doctor Doom or a Dark Side character might do. Where they're like, oh, like lost, I'm, I'm like so, people, right? you know, I'm, I'm so powerful, like, it's okay, we can let them go, because I'll get you eventually, you know, and or, or just the, the idea of, of, I'm honorable, you know, and I will honor my word to you type thing, but I never, I never really saw Megatron as that kind of, you know, he's a Predacon, he's, he, you know, obviously his ancestors are the Decepticons, so, like, I don't see... I don't know. I, I I never really saw even, that making much sense. You know, even like even like not even like thinking of his like Beast Wars characterization. It doesn't even make sense with his like Beast Machines characterization, no. where he, like he was established as like you know like almost like a zealot or something against organics and stuff. Yeah, it's like I mean, it's like why know? would you? Yeah, why would you keep your word to a plague? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like exactly. why if 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 you really think that that you know the organic is this infestation. It's like, do you know? Do you clean your bathroom out and then be like, oh, you know, uh, grime, <laughs> dust, dirt. You played a fair game today. I will not clean <laughs> you. You know, I mean, it just seems kind of stupid. You know? It it seems something more aligned of like what the original Megatron would do, or Galvatron, like at the end of you know, Return of Optimus Prime, where Galvatron shakes his hand. He's like, there will be no war today, Optimus. Prime, like that's something like Galvatron would have done, but like Beast Machines Megatron, like no, that's yeah, totally out of character. Yeah, I think I think he was just like, oh, you 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 people have embarrassed yourselves enough today. Yeah, go on. I'll have some ice cream to eat. Go away with you. <laughs> Let the blue beetle die. Ice so, cream. So uh, I'll just uh, do. Do we want to jump into like the worst new plot element that is introduced into Beast Machines? Like what? What was something that was introduced into the plot of the the, the two seasons that just totally did not work for you whatsoever? The idea yeah. that organic life wants to return to Cybertron. 
I hated that element. I mean, you can look at all the different Transformers continuities and stuff, and I'm like, okay, why would a planet that's been inhabited by living machines for millions of years suddenly want to, like, have organic life back? Like, that does not make any sense to me at all. I don't understand it. Maybe it's the stuff of, like, bad fan fiction, but, like, I, I'm I'm kind of a fan of, like, the BotCon comics that, like, retcon, like, all of, like, the Oracle's, like, visions to Optimus Primal and stuff is actually uh, Quintazon manipulations, because the Quintazons want to remake Cybertron into a new, like, techno-organic planet for them. Oh. So, it, technically, like, it's probably the stuff of bad fan fiction, because it completely, like, invalidates that whole series, but I'll, I'm behind. Yeah. I, always, I always remember I like idea. I always remember that funny theory people had about headmasters. Like in the headmaster series, uh, Rodimus and Blur and Cup, like basically the, the original Cybertron is blown up in it, and and Rodimus, Blur, and uh, Cup go off to like search for a new home for all Cybertronians. And so I remember some people trying to reconcile the fact that there's all this organic crap on Cybertron, and they just went, oh, no, 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 that's the new planet that, uh, that Rodimus and, and, and Blur and Cup, like, flew off to at the end of, uh, or, you know, in the middle of Headmasters or whatever. But even that, like, if I think about that too hard, it doesn't make any sense. It makes my head hurt. So, like, but, you know, <laughs> I, I always thought that was an interesting theory at any rate. So do we do we want to talk about since we're talking about the organic concepts like the the way like I'd say for me it's it's the fighting like the fight structure you know because it's on Fox and Batman can't throw a fucking punch and Spider-Man's got to hit people with his butt instead of like with his fist it's like on Fox kids like you know you, you know it's like even when they were showing Beast Wars they would like edit clips out of Beast oh, Wars yeah. because because edited. there were too much violence you know there's too much guns you know Rhinox is doing his John Woo shit and they couldn't handle it you know and so for obviously for this show you could tell the networks like oh wait wait we can't have them have guns like they've got to you know, uh, oh, but he can shoot some, you know, explosively destructive blast out of his abdomen. Like, that's that's fine, <laughs> but a gun? Oh, no, like, not a gun, you know, and stupid shit like that. Like, and, and, and then they ended up eventually doing all this organic stuff where I was like, what are they, they work for fucking Cobra Law or what? Like, it's like they had the little Cobra Law bombs that they threw at all the tanks and stuff that, like, turned into vines and, like, messed them all up and stuff. So, like, I, I always kind of hated that, you know, thing of, like, oh, no, uh, you know, basically, like, Tankor got vines in his tracks, you know. It's, uh, all, all I know is it's a good thing that they only decided to shoot lasers at Cheetor because if they shot a missile at him while he was, like, doing his little spazzy deflecting dance, you know, they, he'd probably die. <laughs> It's like good thing good thing Megatron like outlawed missiles on his Cybertron or something and only could only do easily deflectable laser blasts. So what about you, Paige? Do you want to go into more about about Rat Trap and Botanica's weird perverse relationship? Or uh is there anything else that, that like a plot element that you just couldn't stand in the series that you wanna bring up that we haven't talked about yet? Um I guess I guess if you if, if if you guys will will join me in talking about uh, Botanica and Rat Trap because yeah. I, I I felt like it was a huge um, even even if it even if someone didn't think it was negative I felt like it had a a, a large influence on Rat Trap um, as soon as Botanica was introduced like boom 
Like, as soon as she was introduced, you could, like, tell he was all like, oh, hey, you know. And I, um, and I think even in the last podcast um, I was in with you guys, I even said, like, I, I don't know why every female Transformer has to have, you know, a male Transformer to, to fuck her. Like, what? why? <laughs> like, can't she just be a lady Transformer? And, I mean, I, I guess I do get it, but I, um, I, I get it, uh, kind of, but not really. Uh, but, uh, I, she's a plant. She's a plant, and he's a rat, and they made it out in beast mode, and I'm just... <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm having a meltdown. I'm having a meltdown, you guys. I don't know. No, that, that, that is quite the disturbing scene, I, I will uh, say. Like, that, that has always yeah. stood out for me. And then I, I kind of agree with you. I, I might call it, like, the 90210 or the Save by the Bell mentality, where, like, all the, you know, it's like the, uh, you watch a series for long enough, and all those characters pretty much get incestuous with one another. It's like yeah. everybody's dated everybody else and has to be paired up with somebody. And yeah. and it's not quite that extreme with Transformers, but there's definitely, there has to be, you know, in this series, there's at least those two pairing pairings off. You know, you have the, the, the you've inherited the, the Silver Bolt Black Arachnia pairing, and then, and then you end up with the, um, you know, the, the, the rat trap botanica pairing. And then, you know, even at some point, you, know, you kind of look at it and it's like, dude, Primal's been spending a lot of time with botanica in the garden there. Yeah. Like, what's going on with that? You know, and, 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 you know, you start to wonder if like, uh, you know, like, like what if Primal and rat trap had a, a big throwdown or like, kind of like Cheetor and, uh, Silverbolt, you know, over Black Arachnia back in the day or whatever, you know, like goofy stuff like that. And it's like, you know, I don't know. Well, yeah, I, I see the Botanica and, and even, even the Botanica Optimus Primal aspect would have made so much more sense because they were around each other all the time. They had the same exact ideology. They, you know, they had so much in common. Why was it Rad Trap and, and, and Botanica? That, that just, it, it, it didn't make sense in my mind. God, I remember even, I was like 15 or something, 14 or 15 when the show um, aired, and I remember thinking, like, seeing... Like seeing Botanica and Rat Trap argue, and I and I was thinking, oh, oh, great! They're trying to bring back the Dinobot uh, Rat Trap um, pairing, and I thought, oh, they're 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 going to be fighting, but they'll be friends. And then their lips touched, and I I remember like throwing my hands up and screaming. I was so upset. Oh. It wasn't like it wasn't like it was well written either. Like it was like moonlighting no. or something. It was like it just sort of, you know. We're fighting, we're fighting, we're fighting. What? We kissed? Oh, boy. You know? Like, yeah, yeah, what? yeah. And what would you rather be doing? Sticking your tail into a computer socket? <laughs> Beats the heck out of plowing your little field of dreams. I think it's high time you dialed back on the attitude. Oh, well, how about I make like a tree? And that leave. would be just fine by me, you impudent little... Your fuck is bad as my bite! <laughs> <gasps> and and what was what was weird is like they weren't even in like a like a an embrace. It was literally just their fucking heads and their lips, kind of just touching and them just being like, mm. <laughs> you know, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's like <laughs> Rat Trap was Rat Trap was probably like that never happened with old Chapa face. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! Sometimes I get so mad I just want to go right up to your face and stick my tongue right down your throat. <laughs> Like what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's kind of goofy. Um, 
What, what about what about you, Justin? Like, is there some uh, extra plot element that we haven't discussed yet, or anything that you want to just revisit that that you really just uh, you know you said the organic stuff, right? So that was pretty much yeah. Okay, well, what about you, Mike? Sorry, I'm totally doing a Tony. I'm, like, not remembering who said what. But uh, what, what about you, Mike, like, for a plot element? Like, what's, like, one of the worst? The one thing I really, really hated, and it's like, kind of ironic because it was in what I probably consider to be the best episode of Beast Machines, which is, uh, I think it's the season premiere of season two. Uh, it's called Fallout. And uh, I like it. I think it's the best episode because, like, Optimus Primal finally admits that he's been an ass this whole time, pretty much. And, like, he kind of tries to, like, you know, temper, like, the extremism from that point on. But, uh, like, the notion, it comes up in that episode that the notion that the Oracle uh, planned for the Beast Wars, planned for them to go to Earth and, like, you know, reintroduce organic life into their systems. And that, I, like, can't you just call a spade a spade? Like, you know, if if there was any sort of destiny or, like, you know, uh, higher purpose with them going to Earth, it was to, you know, write the timeline to prevent, like, Megatron from screwing, you know, with the timeline and saving, like, their ancestors and anything and everything. I don't think it had anything, like, uh, I, I really hate that, that, like, it, like they... Im- Optimus Primal implied that, like, oh, it was the Oracle's plan all along for the Beast Wars to happen. Like, that that really, really annoyed me. It seems weird that, because t- to me it always seemed like the, that kind of element tried to tie back into G1 heavily. You know, like, the, like they were trying to animate that the Oracle and the Matrix and Vector Sigma were, like, almost all the same fucking thing you know the same entity in some way and sometimes when i was looking at the the plot elements of stuff i was kind of like well and you guys can correct me if i'm wrong because i haven't watched this in a while but like doesn't doesn't the key i mean for g1 stuff like doesn't the key to vector sigma just open up fucking vector sigma like do you, do you know what i mean like and then vector sigma can like shoot out the the plasma energy chamber stuff, which is obviously detrimental to mechanical life, but not organic. But I'm like, when when did Actu- they? Well, what, what was up with the key actually, to Vector Sigma? Like, turning- yeah, I, I was gonna that that did happen in G1. Oh, okay. Like that 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 two parter. Like Megatron takes the key back to Earth with like after he makes the stunticons and oh, okay. he finds out the key shoots like a ray that makes things into metal. Oh, okay, so. okay. So that's where that came from. See, because I I totally haven't seen season two in a long time. So I didn't remember that. So I was trying to wonder. I'm like, did that happen or not? So, cool. It was more of a like one of those kooky, you know, Megatron like gadgets or something. Right, right, it wasn't right. like some okay. higher like purpose thing or anything. It was he was just like, oh yes, this key makes things into metal. That will be useful, you know. <laughs> well, well, well. Your situation exactly matches your location. Terminal. Cool. So, um. I guess, uh, unless anybody has anything else to say about plot elements, we'll try to uh, end this on a, on a positive note and go uh, someplace warm and sunny and nice and uh, try, to, try to impart uh, some things that we, uh, we, we think were positive aspects of uh, Beast Machines. Um, I, I guess I'll start because I probably have the most positives, I guess, I'm thinking. I mean, I, I kind of liked you know, despite some of the problems with it, I, I kind of enjoyed the first season of it. I think it kind of, you know, went downhill uh, during the second season. Um, 
but uh, I, I really like the music. I mean, I, I think it, it kind of yeah. kept things fast paced. It was, you know, it had a good background tracks and everything like that. Um, obviously, I'm kind of a fan of the the Hot Rod to Rodimus Prime type characters. So even though a lot of the other characters suffered because of this, um, I, I'm still going to say that I, I really like Cheetor's arc, you know, uh, for the most part. I mean, at least in the first season. It seemed like after Prime, like, quote unquote, died and then came back and then, you know, it was like they, they kind of went into this loop in the second season where they kind of did everything a second time. You know, then it was like Cheetor's arc became a little irrelevant up until that last scene where they're all on the, the you know, grassy Cybertron knoll or whatever you want to call it, <laughs> you know. But um, I, I did enjoy his arc. You know, I, I liked that he was kind of in charge and stuff. And even even when a goofy ass character redesigned Silverbolt comes back. Um, you know, he's kind of trying to treat him like, hey, kid, I don't take orders from a kid, 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 you know, and all this stuff. You know, eventually, you know, he kind of comes around and is like, oh, OK, like I, I kind of see where everybody's coming from, that they all kind of looked at Cheetor to be, you know, in charge and stuff like that. Um, and speaking of, of goofy ass uh, character redesigned Silverbolt, uh, part of the reason why I probably didn't warm up to the second season as much is. I love Brian Drummond as Jetstorm. Like, he is possibly the best thing about that whole, whole fucking series for me. Like, yeah. I love all his, like, comments and funny stuff. <laughs> I mean, I know sometimes they try to, I don't know, sometimes they bring in too much uh, uh, human Earth jokes to, you know, you start wondering, you know, you start, if you actually start to think about it, you're like, what, did, did, uh, did all the Beast Wars Transformers watch Rodney King's speech or whatever? Or, like... You know, like, there, there's all these weird <laughs> references where they're like, can't we all just, like, do some stuff? Or, you know, it's like it's like they don't finish the sentence, but it's like Cheetor and, and Rat Trap both, like, try to say the, the Rodney King thing where, you know, can't we all just get along? But instead of saying get along, it's like Cheetor's like, can't we all just, you know, get some air? And he opens the airlock and they all fly out. Or, you know, and I'm just kind of like, what? <laughs> the, there's one the one that makes me groan the most is I actually think it's in Savage Noble where Cheetor like slices up like a, a drone and he's like a little wasabi and dinner and dinner is served or something like a little wasabi and soy sauce and dinner is served and I'm like <laughs> what like, what, are you <laughs> what talking about you know like they, it's like the the Maximals went to Earth and they ate sushi played baseball and watched the L A riots and stuff so they know all this crap about you know, I'm like what the fuck like, they got all that stuff from the cave people, man. <laughs> you didn't yeah. see those scenes where, like, you know, Jack and Unger or whatever were, yeah, like, yeah, playing yeah. baseball, and they were serving them with sushi, and, you know, don't know about hit a home run. Yep, yep, I missed that episode. I was out of town. And, and they, they did some police brutality. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so. Do not pass go! Do not collect $200! But, um... And then, and then I guess just just to uh, on a on a warm note too, um, I I think uh, uh, that these machines made bot talk a pretty happening place. You know, it, was, it made it a big <laughs> deal back in the day. And I I don't think uh, I mean I I think I joined bot talk either right around the time of the second season of Beast Machines or, like, uh, in that time frame. So um, I, I just, you know, in terms of someplace warm, you know, like, I mean, I, I think uh, I'd, I'd say that Beast Machines, I owe some uh, debt of gratitude for, for them helping me discover the uh, the Bot Talk forums. 
So. Yeah, that's like the the biggest thing on my list of good things to say as well. Well, I didn't come on to Bot Talk until after Beast Machines had aired, so screw you guys. Has <laughs> Johnny come lately? Do I do I predate all of you? I don't know. You may. I, I think I signed on around like somewhere in the middle of 2000. I've been on since 99, so I think I'm the oldest here. Yeah, I think you're the oldest. I, I was about to say, I, th- I thought you were the oldest. So I, I think I'm 2000 or two, 2001, so I don't know. I um, remember. Like, I, I found Bot Talk because I knew Beast Wars was ending, so I just did, like, uh, like I don't know, one of those old web search things like AltaVista or a web crawler. Like, I just searched, like, Beast Wars, and then going through all the different pages, I found Bot Talk. And this was, like, way back when... In order to post, all you had to have was just like a, a name and an email address, and you could just post whatever. You didn't have to log in. So uh-huh. I've been there like that long, and then you know that just led me to like wasting like twelve or thirteen years there, and then you know I met <laughs> you guys and all, all that. But uh, like yeah, like the biggest thing for me from Beast Machines is like not only that, but I also like met a guy at church. Like I had just started going to high school, and it was like a new school, and like a you know some new people and I was going to church and there was one of those new guys there from my school and I knew who he was I never did talk to him though and then one day I went to church and I was wearing like a Decepticon symbol t-shirt and I walked in and he just kind of looked at me he was like do you like Transformers and I was like kind of suspicious I was like yeah he's like do you watch that show called Beast Machines on Fox I was like yeah he's like do you like it I'm like no he's like Oh man, me either. So that was like the start of like this. Well, as they say, it was the start of a beautiful friendship because like we were best friends for years. And instead of like talking about the Bible at church, we would get there and we would just start talking about you know beast machines. I'd be like, oh man, Night Scream is so stupid. Like yeah, like boys, boys, no, shut up. Tell me about you know like the what Matthew did. I'm like. Matthew, he's not in Beast Machines. What are you talking about? <laughs> that, that's what you think. You know, Cheeto was like, we'll serve this up with some wasabi and a side of Matthew. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, like, other things that I liked was mostly mentioned by Derek. I like the music. Um, I don't really normally care for any kind of, like, technic- techno kind of stuff with the beat, but I do dig the Beast Machines music. I also like the animation. I mean, it's completely different from Beast Wars, but I like it. It has like a nice kind of style to it. Um, parts of it feel kind of anime-influenced, if that makes sense. And it's also like the animation feels dark and moody, and I think that really suits it. Like I really like that animation. Until Cybertron got a sun out of nowhere and clouds and stuff. <laughs> yeah, and, and like Derek said, like I like Jet Storm when he showed up. I'm like, hey, it's Vegeta because he was like Vegeta's first. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. What about you, Mike? You got some uh, some warm stuff to say about Beast Machines? Yeah, um, I actually liked uh, Obsidian and Stryka. Like they they showed up as like Jet Storm and Tankor's replacements in season two, and I, I thought they were pretty okay. Like as as far as bad guys go, they seemed like actually like competent. Like like Jet Storm was funny and all, but it always like he never. I never really felt like he was like that big of a threat, really, you know. But like Obsidian and Stryka actually seemed like they were like you know actual like like big threats, I guess, like, they seem, like, uh, even even though I didn't like the whole, like, you know, they were like, oh, these guys are, like, ancient, like, 
Cybertronian generals that no one's ever heard of up until now. It's <laughs> like, you know, like an uninherited backstory, sort of. It's like, you know, if, if they turned out to be, like, G1 characters, then, like, I'd be like, okay, well, you know, that's cool. But, like, it seems like they, they just kind of, like, like they didn't earn their backstory, but no. But I, in all in all, though, I thought they were kind of cool. Also, I I defend some like the toy line. Like the toy line gets a lot of hate, but there's a lot of toys in the toy line that I actually really like. Like uh, the the first like Mega Class Tankor, which doesn't look at all like the show Tankor, but I think it's just a cool toy. Like anyway, it kind of it kind it has one like mono eye, so it, it's like a it kind of reminds me of both like Shockwave and the way like the gimmick is like it can rove back and forth. So like I was I really liked Gundam around then, so I was like oh it's like a Zaku, like it <laughs> like the eye like roves back and forth. So I I really thought he was cool and uh. A lot of the basics, like, later on were really good, like, uh, Night Viper, the little Cobra, like, still, like, the best, like, attempt at doing a Transformer snake, like, there's ever been, and, uh, like, there was a little Hammerhead Shark, too, that was, like, a cool little basic, so, I mean, most people will bash, like, the toy line, but I'll, I'll actually stand up for, like, the Beast Machine's toy line. Well, 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 all I need's a spider, and I got the whole set! Gotta catch them all! Even though it had, like, such abominations as, like, Supreme Cheetor, which was, like, you know, one of the worst shell formers of all time. <laughs> like, I'm pretty sure you can go find some Supreme Cheetors in some, like, bargain outlet somewhere, like, in the United States today, probably. Maybe, maybe Justin can build a Fortress Maximus out of Supreme Cheetors instead of Apes. <laughs> yeah, Justin, you'd only need, like, three or four Supreme Cheetors to make a Fortress yeah. Maximus, probably. No! So, uh, what, what about you, Paige? I know, I know your head hurts when it comes to beast machines, and it, it, it puts you in a state of sad. But is there is there anything nice, positive you could say about like anything, any element of it that you could say that was uh, something warm? Right. Well, um, you you guys took a lot of it. I I agree with uh, the animation was um, at that time really really great. I uh, I agree with Cheetor's uh, story arc. I thought I thought his overall was was the best. Um, I think for me, the the greatest thing about Beast Machines is that no matter how much I hated it, and no matter how much um, I I didn't like anything that happened, I was always really, really genuinely excited because these characters that I've loved for so long in Beast Wars were back. I mean, sort of. I mean, I mean their their voices were back. The, the same the same voiceover artists. They were back playing the, the same, albeit different in, in certain ways, but, but the, relatively the same characters. And that always just got me so excited uh, to watch the show. And, and it gave me a sense of hope. Because <laughs> every, every episode I would be like, oh, this will be the one. This will be the one that makes, me, that makes me go, Beast Machines was not so bad. Beast Machines was not so bad. And it never really got there. But it, 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 did, it did at that time give me a sense of hope. It gave me a lot to talk about on, on Bot Talk um, as, uh, as Justin. Did you say that, Justin? That uh, Beast Machines gave you a lot, um, was the reason you came to, or no, uh, who, who, said, who said that? It, uh, I, I, I think it was one of the reasons why yeah. I ended up on Bot Talk. Yeah, it oh, was me. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, um, I, I agree. It, it gave me a lot to talk about. Um, yeah, it, it gave me, um, it, it kind of breathed life back into these characters that I, that I loved, except, you know, eh, but th at least they were there. So, so I, I, I will say that that, that was always, um, 
a really exciting thing for me. I, I I will say that you know like even regardless of what the subject matter of the show or any the writing or anything, at least all the voice actors were like gave their usual like strong performances. Yeah, like yeah, they, they they sold that shit, you yeah, know. Yeah. Basically, like I I remember reading like and you'll probably get a kick out of this page because I know you like Gary Chalk. Um, I re- I read I read an interview with him where like it was like kind of a retrospective on like Beast Wars and Beast Machines and that and there he was kind of like. Like, you know, uh, he was like, oh, I thought, you know, it was, it was a f- always fun, you know. And he was like, I always thought it was great material. And he was like, I don't know about, like, season four and five, though, when they got all, like, artsy-fartsy and stuff. And I was like, four and five? What's he talking about? And I was like, oh, he's talking about Beast Machines. Ah. But oh, I, I, yeah. That always made me laugh. Oh, that's great. I would, I would, do you know... Um... Where I could, where you could link me to that article, I would love to read that. Yeah, I can, I can see if I can find it. Yeah, that'd be great. I would, love, I would love to read that. Cool. So I think this will wrap us up for Beast Machines. Uh, before we head out here, we're just going to do our traditional awesome thing of the week. Uh, Paige, if you want to participate, you're more than welcome to. Sure. But uh, you know, everybody by now, if they've been listening for a long time, uh, we usually just kind of. Go into something, you know, it could be Transformer-related, it could not be, but uh, it'll just be something that uh, kind of touched our fancy this week, that, uh, you know, tickled us pink, and that uh, we just want to share with the rest of the listeners. So um, I guess I'll go ahead and uh, start with Justin and ask him what is awesome in his world this week. I have a book. It's called The Map of Time by Felix J. Palma, and it's basically concerning time travel. And... If I like try and explain it, the plot to you, it'll just give away too much of it. But I'll I'll say it concerns H.G. Wells, Bram Stoker, and Jack the Ripper. But it does not involve Jack the Ripper stealing the time machine because that's been done before. Um, but this is the first uh, book I've read by this guy, Felix, and apparently he wrote a sequel. Um, I don't think that's out yet, but uh, as soon as it comes out, I'll probably pick it up because I really enjoyed this book. So if you like. You know stuff about time travel, then you'll definitely want to read this because it has has a very interesting take on time travel. Cool. Um, I guess I'll go real quick. Uh, just get mine out of the way. Um, I saw the Born Legacy with my dad this weekend, and I, uh, the movie was okay. I think Jeremy Renner was really really good, but uh, for me the awesome thing was going to see it with my dad. Um, he really likes those movies a lot, and he kind of got all excited. So I guess kind of in the same way, like, I would get all excited about, like, Avengers and team-ups and everything. It's kind of fun coming out of the movie theater, talking to your dad, and my dad's kind of like, you know what would be cool? And I'm like, what? And he's like, you know, if him and uh, uh, Bourne team up in the next movie to save what's-your-face, you know? And I'm kind of like, oh, yeah, that would be totally cool. Like, I like team-ups and stuff. So uh, that was that was kind of my awesome thing. What about you, Mike? Uh, what, what do you got on tap for your awesome thing of the week? Well, uh, keeping with the Transformers theme, uh, I've been playing the Fall of Cybertron demo, uh, and uh, me and Brian actually played a little of it last night, and we're having a lot of fun with it. Uh, the demo only lets you play, like, two campaign levels and then, like, some limited multiplayer, but uh, I, I, I dig all the tweaks they've made since, like, the first game, and, you know, we were having a lot of fun last night, and, uh, and me and me and Brian are actually a pretty good team, even though, like, we, we don't coordinate anything. We just kind of, like, stick together, and usually, like, we end up, like, beating people because we're, like, 
like for example, like last night we did like something where I was getting killed and I threw up my force field and like then I couldn't get killed anymore and Brian like kill, shot the guy in the back so while he was trying to go through my field so I was like oh, we did like teamwork without even like trying to so you know it's it's like fun stuff like that makes it like a rewarding like game experience so you know I, I can't wait till the full game comes out nice so what about you Paige you got anything awesome in your world this week to share with the listeners I, I do. Um, well, so, sort of two things. Number one, I had um, I had a birthday recently, and I just got a uh, a 3ds, which I'm so thrilled about. And I uh, I'm I'm replaying Ocarina of Time, and of course, I mean it's it's great. It's I mean as always, but I I'm I'm so thrilled that I I'm on the L here in Chicago, and I'm like playing Ocarina of Time, and I just I'm getting such a kick out of that because I I played that when I was like. 13, 14, and I'm like, holy shit, I never thought I'd be playing it, you know, not on my N64. <laughs> um, blows my fucking mind. Uh, also, I will be, maybe not this week, but um, uh, I believe next weekend I will be in a um, in a show called uh, Joe Jane's Seven Deadly Sins, and um, we're getting our assignment, uh, we're, we're, we're not getting the, it, it's so hard to explain, we're we're not getting the um, which deadly sin we have until like the night before, um, night the night before the show, which is Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. So so like Wednesday night we we get our like whether it's lust or sloth or greed, and uh, and then he gives us the script that he wrote, and it's a ten minute script, and then we have to um, have it memorized, staged, directed, and all that, um, and and ready to perform by the next day and that will be um thursday friday saturday and sunday of that week so i'm very excited for that so yeah good good stuff cool that sounds great that sounds awesome so uh i guess like i said uh that's our awesome stuff for the week this is our uh podcast on beast machines uh, you can find us at uh, fanholespodcast.blogspot.com. If you have any angry comments, if you're a huge, huge Beast Machine fans and you want to tell us what's what, um, you can send us an email at fanholespodcast at gmail.com. Uh, like I said, any questions, comments, or anything, you can go there. Uh, you can comment us on the blog spot. We've got a Facebook. We've got a Twitter. So uh, also, you know, plenty of things always out on the way. You know, we've got shows like this with guests like Paige, um, we've got other podcasts coming up, other sidecasts, and all new, all different sidecasts, and all kinds of content, uh, booths, RPG reviews, and various different side stories that are written about comics and blogs and things like that. So, uh, you know, give those a read, give those a view, give those a listen, you know, check all that stuff out. And uh, until the next time, this is uh, Derek, Derek WC, signing off. Hey, it's Mike. Yes. It's Justin Grimlock. I am transformed. And this is Paige. Oh, yeah, Brian's not here, so, yeah.
<laughs> I guess we all have to say peace I to make up for it. I am peace formed. <laughs> peace. You have to have inner peace to. Oh my God, that's so terrible. <laughs> Seeds of the peace lie buried in the Brian, who's not here on the podcast. Fuck you, Dandadil. <laughs> <laughs>